The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. Once again, I want to say good afternoon, Trinidad and Tobago, 38 minutes after the hour of 3 o'clock. Welcome, welcome, welcome. The traffic outside is horrendous. I can tell you it is a hot mess in this country. Even though the weather forecast predicts that we're going to have some inclement showers throughout the balance of the even, uh, late afternoon into mid-evening, straight through until the early hours of tomorrow morning. However, we are expecting some dry spells to kick into gear from the time Saturday morning breaks. All right, I'm looking forward to that because you see this kind of weather going through. I mean, we had some heavy, heavy dry spells throughout, but still at the end of the day, um, I still welcome the dry weather. I'm a dry weather kind of guy. All right, I don't like rain that much because it, it it causes flooding. And I study persons in woodland and other areas that hasn't haven't had a chance to got over the torrential downpours they would have incurred last year. All right, so good afternoon once again. Twenty one minutes on the absent today over four o'clock. We get straight into our interview this afternoon. So my tardiness is much apologized for. But I have discussing the energy budget allocations with me this afternoon is Mr. Is it Millard? Good afternoon, sir. Hi, good afternoon. How are you doing? Um, I'm just looking to see which mic you're on. All right, yeah. so try that one. All right. Just bring it, just bring it. Bring it All to right. you. All right. There you go. Right. right. Good afternoon. All right, good afternoon. How are you doing? I am good-ish. All right. <laughs> I'm good-ish. I'm good-ish. Right, um, I do apologize. No, but we, we... Whoa, it's been a long one. So, as we get straight into it, the budget has been read. Uh, things has happened. So we try to figure out, you know, what's going on as far as uh, budgets are yes. concerned. Yes. Tell me your thoughts. Yes. Um, so, you know, when we look at it, we want to compare last year to next year and said, okay, this budget is slightly smaller than the previous year, right? We had a $56 billion budget. Mm -hmm. Now we have a $54 billion budget. But what is consistent is that, yes, they're both in deficit. And why is that? Um, there are different reasons for why that might happen. Mm -hmm. um, one is, of course, tax collections and other things like that. So they, the minister highlighted in the, in the budget is that there's a $10 billion gap in tax collections. And so that's something that, you know, you want to pay attention to. But $10 billion. Yeah, $10 billion. $10 billion. Right? Uh, so... That is a, an area that I'm sure that they're looking to shore up with this new revenue authority that is that is going to come on stream, right? Mm -hmm. um, but what what is what interests me a lot is really in the energy sector. Well, right? this is it, huh? Let's talk a little bit about the energy sector. As you say, right. the interest is building there. Tell me yes. why. Yes. Um, so we look at the oil price, right? And the oil and the oil price that it's predicated on is a 80, 85 or eighty six dollar per barrel budget last year was 90 92 90, 96 yeah. in the vicinity there somewhere yeah. around there mm -hmm. right and then we had a, uh, about six dollars on the gas now what is important and and you see thing is that when people think about energy sector it's difficult for a lot of people because there's not much information and a lot, not a lot of knowledge and you have mm -hmm. to spend all these years learning all these things and fortunately i'm here today to just give you a little give a little bit about that as well too Right, and what, what features into the prices and, you know, what drives it. And so maybe we had to ask ourselves, 
is is $85 a reasonable amount, right? Is it too high? Is it too low? Right now we're seeing prices drop, right? And a lot of things happening here. But you know, as a as an economist told me once, um, predicting oil prices is a lot like asking a drunk man to walk a straight line. Right? You and, know, and I was not gonna ask you to, to tell me what 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 you consider to be a reasonable um figure that we could consider there's a thing called customary and reasonableness in the insurance mm-hmm. industry and if mm-hmm. i'm just digressing a bit to, to tell you where, I'm, right. where my headspace is at now customary and reasonable uh reasonableness is a thing where even if you are submitting a claim for a medical a dental or something mm-hmm. there is a now even though some dentists may charge a little more higher you know the high end there's a ceiling there's a max and a minimum mm-hmm. all right so there's a minimum and a max where it's called it's considered to be reasonableness right right, right so right, right. a dentist you can't submit a claim for a tooth extraction <laughs> but you're quoting the, the people on them fifteen hundred dollars they that is not well you know sometimes a little bit of shoulder rubbing a couple extra things they were doing uh-huh. to, uh, clearly clearly nice, you had to really nice break it down so i said that because um what was it towards that earlier reasonableness and something else right. Uh, practicality, I guess. Right, something along those lines. Right. Where it has insurance. So, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, $83 a barrel for the for the oil, US dollars a barrel. We had to think now what it could be customary, customary right. and reasonableness yeah, right. as it relates so, to the oil prices. Right. Because as so, they say, a drunk man, right? So, right. I like that analogy. So, mm-hmm. how do we... How do so, we, how, so, how, yeah. how are we guiding this drunk man along this line? Right. So, what we expect, we look at, we look at prices. People would say supply and demand. These are some of the factors that would go into it if people want it more the price will the price will go up if the supply is low the price will also go up and of course if the supply high price go down and if people don't want it price gonna go down right right so that's supply and demand really and then we have things that everybody heard about russia and ukraine right and that itself is what you call a geopolitical conflict right where it's affecting a, a large portion of the world itself and ukraine produces uh from grains to to fabrics a lot of different things out there and that affect that itself affecting trade flows causing other things to happen right if people are using people are if if they talk about vessels that have to transport these things cannot pass in certain waters mm. that will increase the length of the trade route so which means is more money the, exactly, right right up the price so these expectations could send up the price but at the same time if mm. the if the tensions ease then the trade routes start to open back up in easier flow so right for the, the prices might go down right so then as you see okay so with that with that being said mm-hmm. um when our government is looking at a trajectory um in terms of a budgetary trajectory right it's based on what they perceive but could mm-hmm. we call it customary and reasonableness um given the fact that we cannot predict what's going to happen within six months nobody knew i mean we, we saw the pending right. uh, ukraine war pending mm-hmm. at the point in time right. with vladimir we saw that coming so it was talks right so we could but we had no idea how devastating the devastating effects it would have had on the oil um right. the trade between flour different things now right. that affected different parts of the world so as you say that uh-huh. i believe that you know um we should in terms of our budget that we prepare you know, sticking to a hard, fast figure for what revenue might look like. The reality is that it is a broad spectrum of, 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 of opportunities and things that could occur within this range. 
because we don't know when a war is going to break out. We don't know whether um, adverse weather is going to happen and and stop and and stop flow of oil or prevent prevent a prevent um, those shipping vessels from coming and taking up the taking up the fuel to take it to the next location. All those things could cause prices to go up, and then we have speculation. We have other things that happen in there, right? So mm-hmm. maybe the budget, it, you know, while they, they give you a figure there, it is within a range of possibilities, mm-hmm. right? So we are, we are making this prediction here, and the future is a range of possibilities, right? There's no, so we cannot say that this is an exact figure, right? And this is what people have to get their minds around to understand. It's somewhere around that number is where we'll end up with because every day prices are calculated based on all this thing based on who's selling it who's buying it these are called market participants right who is storing it where is it being transported to do we have what what they call future contracts where they where they're selling this this oil at this price in the future to be delivered at a future date right so Mm. when we have all those things adding up in the mix there's a fluctuation that is that is going to occur, right? And so when we look at that that oil price or even gas prices and gas prices, small difference. You have spot markets and you have other things like that where it is about immediate delivery, right? Mm-hmm. And so those prices uh, are pegged to that, and, and so it's slightly different and a slightly different market. And we also have to look at substitutes, right? So we see in a lot of so and. Hybrids and substitutes, but you're looking at you have electric vehicles. Toyota just launched a, a hydrogen vehicle, a hydrogen engine. Right? Yeah. They enjoy that? No, not, not in China, but in Japan. Oh, in Japan. They just, they just launched that. Because I know just right? a, a few weeks back we had a hydrogen symposium taking place at the UE campus. Yeah, just um, a few months ago. Just a f- no, months, not maybe. Just a few months ago was, Jap- was Japan. Well, Japan was a few months ago, and we were a few, a few weeks ago talking about hydrogen yeah. and the, the benefits of it. And I started asking myself, are we a little too late? Because if we're talking about damaging the ozone layer, um, heat uh, rays from the sun and all these different things, right. ultraviolet rays and these things, are we not too late? Have we done well, damaged the ozone layer already, as it were? Well, I mean, the ozone layer continues to replenish itself if we allow it to replenish itself. And give it time. <laughs> but right. outside of that, when it comes back down to the energy sector, how, how do you think we fared um, and how realistic and practical is our budget as it relates right. to the, when it, as, it, as we look at the energy sector and what's happening energy-wise? Right. So, I mean, the energy sector, when we look at it, we had to also look at a, a large focus was there on production. Right? Production mm-hmm. of oil and gas. Yes. And I don't like to talk about the future until we talk about the past a little bit. All right. So let us look back. If we look back at 2006 for mm. oil, and we, I want to separate oil and gas as two totally different products here. Right? Because, uh, uh, speaking like this, because I was a petroleum engineer and I and became an energy analyst and all these other things mm. like this here now. And so oil back in 2006 we started seeing a, a rapid decline mm-hmm. it was about 150 um barrels per day 150,000 barrels per day mm-hmm. now it is just over 50,000 barrels per day right from 2006 to now uh, 20 years and at a point in time it was de- declining at about 10 percent every year production was declining like that mm-hmm. every single year and so why why was it declining like that? And before that, to do that on a, from a technical standpoint, you had to know that, one, 
we have a mature industry. Mm-hmm. Oil has been around for over a hundred years, and Trinidad has been in oil for almost as long, right? Actually, I mean, <laughs> probably just as long. <laughs> Could be right, um, because from nineteen from nineteen from early nineteen hundreds till now, I talk more commercial oil. Yeah, we've been here for for that long, right? And when we look at it, we have to say, why, why, why is this happening? There's primary production, where the few, where the oil comes up from the ground on its own natural strength, as the pressure that's in it underground, mm-hmm. right? And then you have secondary recovery and tertiary recovery, right? We have different mechanisms, but all that is based on timing and what's going on underground, right? So and how that being retrieved from the ground. Is have it depend on plenty things, right? One, the, the the status under the ground, right? And what is under there? The type of oil that's in the ground. How they drill that? How they drill that well? If they do it well and they complete it well, and then what they're doing to lift it, right? <laughs> so all that affects the pressure and the pressure disturbance underneath the ground, and that's just something that people, you know, they they. You know, it's not really spoken about, but that's what factors in to production going forward into the future, right? Gas also, gas similarly, except except you put on a little pump to aid in some more compression hmm. going down. So when we look at that, what's the chance of us really having more production from those same things? Very little, very very little chance, right? But we do have a chance to squeeze a little bit more out of it because they will have pocket. They know where a lot of it is, is right now to try to make it economical to get it. So they break up the blocks into about 16 blocks, I think, on shore, between onshore and shallow water. And they have a few blocks. They, I think they, they signed three blocks just the other day. Right? Mm-hmm. So that brings me to our next point. Timing. They signed them blocks today. You're not getting that oil today, you know. <laughs> that is the next thing. You're not getting that oil today. You have to negotiate things. You have to do, you have to, you have to do designs. You have to do all kind of things. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And then you have to build, you have Platforms, to build a platform. And then, yeah, you transport build. it out. So we're looking at what? <laughs> about five, seven years. Yeah, about 10 years. I'm yeah, saying that within a decade, seen. within a decade, yeah. uh, a proper seven years for assessment. We could change governments by then. And then um, <laughs> twice, if you look sharp. Yes, yes, and then yes, before yes. we can actually benefit from this deal or signing on these deals now. Yeah. So then how practical was our budget? How practical is the budget? It's still very practical, you know, because it is based upon, it's not based upon that today. What we do today is for the next 10, 15 years. <laughs> it's for the next 10 years. What we're operating on right now is the work that was done before. But 10, but 10 15 years, <laughs> years ago. ago. Right? Interesting. And so that's one of the things that we have to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. So when you see that oil declining, we had a bad, we, if you had a, a, a bid round that wasn't successful mm. or something like that. So therefore, it's a, it's a numbers game. Eh? It's a numbers Always. game. So it's the, the more you put in, because, because remember, you start something, you open up a, a soft drink bottle. Mm-hmm. It starts off with real plenty pressure. And then it loses some gas and losing gas and then it gets flat. True. Right? True. So the same thing happening underground. Right? And so you have to keep bringing on new reservoirs so that you could keep production going at a relatively stable pace. Right? And if you're not managing that, and if you're not getting the bid rounds in time and all those things in time, 
then that will happen. So that brings me to the point now when they talk about four, four um, the, the trains, the trains, Atlantic trains, mm-hmm. right? And Atlantic LNG, they have four trains. They say they have about four point something billion, billion standard cubic feet per day it could handle and all these things. And right now you're producing 2.7, 2.6, 2.7, right? Now, I'll profit to say to you that that itself, while it will give plenty, it will, it will bring back plenty money to the economy, right? It might not be the best usage of the gas because it is basically selling the gas. It's turning it into LNG and you're selling it. Where does you're supposed to take it to, to make it into other products for higher value and all these other things to give back for an exchange. But because we don't have that kind of thing and we have contracts already in place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, we, we mandated to try to make sure we, we fulfill this shortfall. Right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of those things kind of happening there in place to try to make sure that all all these things happen. It's a real balancing act. Eh? And energy plays a, a pivotal role. So when I talk about these fields now, right? So these fields that we have in oil and even gas, they mature. And when you mature, they call them brown. Brown fields. New mm-hmm. ones, they call them green fields. Right? And in these brown fields, you're trying to take out a little bit more and a little bit more. And so that now, what they're doing is, it's pragmatic. Right? But now, we're in a stage where we have to transition. We really have to transition away from, from oil and gas because what we're in is something called a Dutch disease. Right? I don't know if you ever hear about it. Well, I'm going to tell you. Um, you're going to give me some more information right, right so after the top of the hour, you know. But right. give me, yeah. take about a minute and see if you can explain it to me before we All go right. to the news. So basically, when you have more, when you have more resources, mm-hmm. you start to spend a lot of money. And when you have a little bit, everybody talking about belt tightening, right? And that's what's happening because we're not planning outside of the cycles of the price of the of the and the amount of fuel that you have in there, right? And so that's really the main things they are about Dutch disease, right? I'll, I'll leave it there at that time. We'll, we'll join back at the next. All right. Uh, we've taken about 15 minutes of your time in the 15, hopefully mm-hmm. 20 minutes of your time in the next hour. Right after the newscast, as we continue our energy talks, um, one of the things I want to look at in the next hour as well is I asked about the practicality of the budget. Right. You know, um, how does it affect the average man on the ground? How do we get them to understand that? How, how, do, how does energy play a part? in helping the government mm-hmm. come up with these figures and budget what does right. it do for us um these budget figures how do we get this money how do we know mm-hmm. i mean we are we are predicting on tra- a trajectory as it were it's like it's like going to the bank for a business loan they're asking for a three month a three-year trajectory of yes. or, or, or financial plan where you're hoping to make yes you know right. so we'll talk more about it inside the next hour we stick and stay we'll be back the best insight instant feedback accountability the all-new talk radio freedom 106.5 10 minutes after the hour four o'clock good afternoon again Trinidad and tobago what's the weather like outside in your neck of the woods you can feel free to send me a whatsapp at 3061065 or call me at uh 627 3223 or 625-2257 to get in on the conversation. We have just about uh, 20 minutes for the most, so 15, 20 minutes thereabouts. All right, uh, in this interview, uh, one texter is saying, Davy, here is some of the facts on our economy presently. When Kamala demitted office, the GDP 
which is the gross domestic product, as some of you know, stood at 43%. Presently, the GDP is 74%. When Kamala demitted, uh, our borrowed debt was uh, 73 billion TT. Presently, under the PNM government, our debt is over 140 billion. Question, where all this money borrowed plus drawdown from the HSF fund and all the COVID grants plus the yearly budget um, of approximately 60 billion by seven years, the PNM in government. Davy, put these figures to your guest for a comment. I like that question. It's a very, very interesting question, right? Um, so we look at that, and I was listening to the, the little session earlier where Kamala did mention that it was 44% debt-to-GDP ratio. Mm. I, I believe that's what the... the oh, her her, her response to the budget. There. Right. Mm. And currently, it is 73%. Right. So let's back it up so, a little bit. Let's explain to, to Trinidad and Tobago, uh, seeing that you're here from the energy mm -hmm. sector and understanding, you know, what happens with the 43? What is the 43 percent? How good was it that we were at 43 as opposed to being at 74? Well, that really depends, you know, that that really depends on a lot of factors. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, because it depends on the position on the position that the, the country is poised for development and growth. OK. Right. So you could take on debt to make investment in your country. Right? But according to what this text is saying, so, we are taking on the debt. But we're not seeing... But we're seeing the investment. Where it's coming in, right? Right. So a government really is supposed to set the stage for development. They're not supposed to do everything for you. And they're supposed to create an environment that enables growth. Right. Right. So that environment will have infrastructure, healthcare, education right unemployment right so that and the employment shouldn't be driven by government but it should be driven mostly by the private sector but what we do what we have here right now in the caribbean and and, and we, we see it all around is a lot of government employ employment happening there right so as a result of that we the government is subsidizing and and, and holding people up and, and hoisting people up while the business climate is, is still playing catch-up, right? Yeah. So we have a, a very a very fledgling manufacturing sector, a very an even smaller creative sector that's being developed and completely untapped, right? So when we see manufacturing sector, people often would see food manufacturing, pepper sauce, something else like that, mm. right? And and you see that over and over again, you would see tamarind sauce, chutney, all these other things like that. And yes, that is a business that is creation. But how much of that can we really do? Are we creating products that are... that Exportable. That, yeah, that are exportable. Yes, pepper sauce is exportable. But there are a lot of things in the agricultural sector that it depends upon. Well, as you mentioned that, let me, let me take my mind back to earlier this year. We did a, an expo, a food and beverage expo at Center of mm -hmm. Excellence, where I saw a number of vendors... Uh, one of the things that interests me the most, and I found it to be very innovative mm -hmm. and creative, was pimento flakes. Yes, yes, yes. Pepper flakes is a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing, yes. I, 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 and it's good for shelf life mm -hmm. of up to two years. Yes, 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 yes. So, I'm wondering, fantastic. I mean, they are still operating out of Sangre Grande, Valencia, and these areas. You know, why? How? how is it that they came up with the, the way to process the pimentos? Mm -hmm. 
because it's a whole plant that whatever they do they're processing these pimentos and they're turning it into flakes right. that can season your pot mm-hmm. as if you cut up your pimentos live and do it right. and it has a shelf life as i tell you as a the government you use the lies persons like this or even help them why are they still struggling well, to I, get those business ideas well i i'd say that 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 struggle is not has very little bit to do with not having things in place to help them but more that the outreach to them is lacking Be- well when you say the outreach right, right. define so, right so we see a lot of different loans that have been put in place you have sme stimulus loans we have we have nedco we have so much but so much how things accessible are those right. things right. because if you don't have a working capital mm-hmm. you know uh, we want to encourage entrepre- entrepreneurship in the country, as you mentioned, right? It's yeah. all about developing and growth. It's all about creating an environment right. for to stimulate persons to grow. That's mm-hmm. what government does. Yes. How can I grow? I have a, I have this wonderful idea, mm-hmm. but I don't have a working capital. Right. Now, I don't want to create a dependency syndrome, but I want you, I don't know, uh, uh, you in the energy, so how do you create something out of thin air? Well, I mean... I'm not just in the energy sector. I could talk about business as well, too. And you could create something out of nothing. But, of course, you can't start with nothing. <laughs> At least some right. certain businesses right. are so like that. I like to say that they are, the main resources are mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. money, mm-hmm. and energy. Right? And I say energy broadly because people are a source of energy, a workforce as well, right? Mm-hmm. And those are your, your main resources that you're going to have available to you. Now, most times people are cash poor and time rich. <laughs> that is it, eh? Right. So what we need to do is that we need to we need to borrow from our future selves by taking. Sometimes you have to take a loan from your family, your friends, those kind of things. If they're they willing, might, if they're willing to do that. In fact, a lot of people I know get get a minimum of roughly about two hundred fifty thousand dollars from family and friends. And when they want to start their business, mm-hmm. a good friend of mine, he started his business with two hundred fifty thousand dollars that he borrowed from family and friends. But he still got and you? he's very and he's quite successful. He took a trip to China. He found he found a lot of um, things that were useful, and he took that mm-hmm. and brought it back here to Trinidad and Tobago, and is quite successful at that, right? So there's no shortage of ideas. Trinidad it is rich with ideas, rich with a lot of passion, right? And I think that. The opportunities are there. Mm-hmm. It is for us to access the opportunities. But to get to the opportunity, what happens a lot in, in Trinidad and Tobago is the access to information and knowledge. Right? Mm-hmm. So to get to that next step, there's always some sort of ceiling. And that ceiling is usually information. Right? And so if people are much more aware of what's available to them, and also knowing, not just not just stopping there when they see a small hurdle. Mm-hmm. Right? But we take up to the next step. We walk on to the next step and say, okay, well, how are we going to make this happen? Right? Mm-hmm. Every anybody that's that's in the business will say, will not just say no, but how we can make how can we make this work? Right? And you continue to move forward. Right? And that is really the genesis of it all. But I think that there are a lot of loans that are in place, a lot of a lot of financing mechanisms here that allow for people that are starting up businesses people that want to expand their businesses people that want to export their businesses right there's a lot of a, a lot of opportunities available for that but i think that the access to it the the timing for it and those things tend to get a bit jarring for people 
and you know sometimes there's a lot of a lot of hurdles to overcome to reach that the phase that you want to reach and so we have to be a little bit patient especially when we do with our own businesses you know to get there but the question that the the um the, the texter had had mentioned about which was the debt to gdp ratio mm-hmm. right it is really hinged upon the in what what is that investment climate looking like mm-hmm. so yeah we've seen a lot of loans and grants and things being given out mm-hmm. right for certain types of businesses I, I see a lot of attention onto the manufacturing sector mm-hmm. right and we're seeing we're seeing relief tax relief for manufacturing sector we're seeing grants we're seeing um a, a lot of different a lot of different uh, financing mechanisms available to them right and manufacturing is a broad thing so you have manufacturing for products mm-hmm. you have manufacturing for food manufacturing you have manufacturing for um you know lots of different types of creation so it's a broad range and that is something that will help bolster the economy because when you could export a product right mm-hmm. um that creates that that spreads the risk away from the energy sector because we were talking about dutch disease just before we left off right right and dutch disease really is about that booming tradable good when you say booming tradable good it is the most successful good that you have in your economy right mm-hmm. and in our case it's oil for some other countries it might be tourism some other countries it might be other things like that right or bauxite in jamaica right now of course it is susceptible to the the prices that's going on internationally because you have to sell it outside there right and because of that sometimes governments when they come into power or you know they they see a windfall of cash and instead of putting it into heritage and stabilization fund and all those other things that's supposed to save for the rainy day ahead they go and they they make big big investments into land or 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 roads or other things like that infrastructure which it must everything must be timed properly and appropriately so right now we're in a time of little because we had a couple like I said, a couple missteps when it comes to uh, you didn't have so many successful bid rounds, and then out of those bid rounds, the the exploration that was done mm-hmm. wasn't that wasn't as didn't seem as um as I guess may, may not have seen as prolific as it should have been, right? And when we saw Guyana just take off, hmm. just like that, <laughs> right? So people started drawing out. So the money started drawing away from Trinidad and Tobago. Started funneling more towards Guyana. I guess right? that's what helped have us in a, in, a, in a predicament now where we we lacking for forex. I mean, well, yeah, well, I mean, well, our our lack for forex is because of the the lower production, right? We have lower production and we have no other sector that could that could stabilize this this um this situation. <laughs> so that's why we're taking our money now and investing it in the manufacturing sector. But I'd say that there's another sector that is highly untapped, right? And I, I would say the creative sector is highly untapped. When you go and you see a box office movie, one box office movie grossing hundreds of millions of US dollars. Now, that's the box office movie. We can talk about the knock-on effects from that. Eh? So imagine in a film, someone is wearing clothes, fashion that was made by particular person that's manufacturing sector the the desk that they sit by the chair that they sit by is somebody that made furniture for that hmm? imagine if you will they shut it they shut it by a location 
whether it be a beach or something else. Let me take this call with you. I like I like the way you're going because I have a thing to say with that. Hello, good afternoon. Welcome. Yeah, good afternoon, Davey. I, I would like to bring something to your guests' um, attention. Mm-hmm. Now, you all mentioned that, that um, Guyana is booming and, 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 well, let me say trading is heading all to Guyana way, right? That is true. But hear what? We, our location is so strategic, mm-hmm. right? That the traffic coming both by, by boat and air, by sea and air, right? And we, I don't know if you, you heard yeah. it, Davey, or if your guests heard it. Did the, the, the finance minister mention anything about this traffic, highly dollar traffic, that would be, that we could, 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 capitalize on in, in being or, or the strategic location that we are, you know, mm-hmm. for in, you know, to, to capitalize on this. Nothing has been said on it. And that, that little, what, what I heard it from a senior economic eh, um, man, right? And I'm um, saying that, and, and um, you know, the, 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 the details, I do I wouldn't have in my little small mind, right? But what he said, make, Plenty sense, and he said that little that little vent here, right, could put us right just as favorable dollar-wise with Guyana. Thanks. Okay. All right. Hmm. I like that. I like that. I like that statement, and I want to dig into it a little bit. All right. Right. So let let talk technical specifics here. Right. Guy Trinidad and Tobago has deep water harbors. Right. Right. Twelve meters deep. Forty meters. Something like that, right? About ten, about 11, 12 meters in some areas. Some, some like on the southern side might be about five or six, right? And so these things, this here now allows for larger vessels to come in, larger ships and things to come in. Now Guyana's port is five meters, right? Five meters. How was this? Twelve. It's five. So the traffic that has to go into Guyana or into Guyana waters, we are the closest. We're the closest port of call for where you break that you break that shipment down and you send it across to Guyana. So that happens a lot, even in the energy sector. Right? Okay. So because we have we had a lot of experience in the energy sector, we have a lot of workers from Trinidad and Tobago that end up working across there in Guyana. Right? So where where does that the money is going there? We the people that are working in that sector still will benefit from that. And of course, they come back to Trinidad and Tobago and they, they might spend some Forex here as well too. Right? Mm. But still, you know, it, it's something that we, we have to take advantage of. We look at some, some companies like uh, Ramps Logistics. You know, they've been, they've made a, a quite a headway in Guyana. Mm. You know, they started off with the shipments for just groceries and all these uh, other types of things. And now they have expanded into the energy sector. They, they, I, I saw recently they had an article there about they bringing these these boats that just hover over the, these planes that hover over the water. That's gonna that's gonna make shipments faster for them. Right? They're bringing that in as well too. So you know, so we've seen a lot of these things happening here, right here, right here. So I like the question that he's that 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 they call us put forward there right mm. because we see what's happening there and that is an opportunity that is coming out of that situation right brilliant yeah now let's go back to the manufacturing side of things you mentioned the box office you started to talk about the movies the clothing mm-hmm. um 
that's what you call product placement, right? Yeah. So, so right, right. Right. So you have product placement. Um, you don't see a bottle of a Coke or Sprite, mm-hmm. uh, Dasani or anything on a on a set or in a sitcom, mm-hmm. and you tell yourself, you know, that's just by chance. Everything no, is it's not by chance. Even the vehicles that they're driving. McDonald's didn't enter India by chance. They entered through the movies. Right. So if you want to export, a, if you want to export a business to another country, you have to use film. You have to use it. Film is a is a is a is a, is right. a highway, a vehicle yes. uh, that you can use as well. Yes. Hmm. And very much so. And so I, I, I profited that we have so many locations for filming. We have so many beautiful destinations right here across this country. And not only that, eh, people come to visit a destination that was filmed at. When they filmed, when they filmed the James Bond movie in Jamaica, that little PCD movie, more people started traveling to Jamaica. Um, James Bond alone? <laughs> when how Stella got her groove back? Yes, it was filmed. Was right filmed across. right People in. People started yeah. spending time in the grill. Exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. So, so we could see that film has a direct correlation to foreign to foreign exchange and foreign direct investment. But the thing about it is, as you mentioned that, right? And we're talking um, where where the budget is concerned. You know, mm-hmm. we are not. I I I I really not seeing us doing anything right now. Correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but I, I look into um, through the lens from a man mm-hmm. that's selling nuts on Frederick Street right. or a lady that's working right. in a store. Through those lens, mm-hmm. um, some a teacher, maybe a dental assistant, we are not seeing anything being done by this government to generate some kind of foreign, uh, some kind of tourism in this country where we can attract filmmakers to come to Trinidad and, and be a part of, you know, we, right. we're not seeing that. There, there is something there for that. Huh? Um, I believe that it is true Film TT. Well, I'm not going right. to talk about Film TT. Yeah, film TT is a, I will big up Film TT. They've been doing a lot. You telling me? I will tell you off air. <laughs> you know, I have, I mean, I've benefited tremendously from Film TT. Uh, the programs that are in place, um, I can tell you so far there are two or three two hmm. two persons two companies i know benefited from a cashback incentive yes. from film tt yes. and but, i can tell you there and, are two people yes and that is something that investors in in for film are interested in in that cashback. but the thing about it is it's not as easy as you think mm-hmm. The, the, it is so difficult, <laughs> a process, challenging even, mm-hmm. a process to get that rebate, but, and time-consuming. Yes. Time-consuming. Yes. yes, because you have to... And then when you do qualify and you, you are granted it and you are given that letter to show that, yes, this is going to be... You now waiting a year before you actually see funds coming back to you because what will happen you have to actually use yours you have to come out and put out and show so even if you're glad to get this rebate to help you with a, with a future film yeah you now have a waiting process do that you is, know as you say that do you know that the average return on a film is seven years right yeah yeah because you know it, it's a large expense but, it is. but i mean getting back a good portion of it in the first year isn't gonna hurt you as well. So when you when you consider it in that whole long timeline, you know that is something that really 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 sticks, right? To a lot of people that are investing in film that you could get back 
35 percent uh upwards to 50 percent upwards of, of 50 yeah right 50 mm-hmm. percent of your money mm-hmm. in the first year in a year <laughs> i mean that that's a lot that's a lot to get back because you still have to go and distribute this film whether it be whatever jurisdiction you want to put it in not just not just locally here on the tv station mm-hmm. or anything like that you have tv stations all over the world mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you have you have um you have streaming Netflix, platforms, you have, streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. you have so much so much things that are available to you right so it's definitely something that's available. Somebody's um, now saying, just to cut mm-hmm, you a little yeah, bit, go good, good afternoon, guys. Uh, the film industry will make it big in Trinidad if they make a movie on unsolved mysteries and... Mo- <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that we might laugh, but... No, that, uh, you that, know, it's all about, you know, there's always different genres in, in film, right? So people want... Yeah, a mystery. Things, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, but you know, we segue away from the energy sector, but we, you know, no, but, we, 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 but we could see how the energy sector ties into everything. Could, yes, could tie into everything, and how it touches every part for investment and and creates a ripe climate for us for us to transition, right? Whereas other countries which don't have these resources, yeah. Good afternoon, welcome. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Durbasa. Well, um, of course, the energy sector has chosen to walk away from us because it's mature and. Um, you know, uh, you have to invest more and more to get less and less compared to other places where they are discovering with the new technologies. The argument was made by um, Arjun, Valmiki Arjun, that the same dollar you want them to spend here, they could spend in shallow waters elsewhere. Mm. So we are competing for that and we have to give incentives and so on. So so that's where that is, in a nutshell. Now, um, anytime we talk about diversifying mm-hmm. I have observed this over the years eh? I've been a talk show fan for many years radio and, t- and, mm-hmm. and TV a local especially and I, I have observed anytime we say diversification mm-hmm. people talking about the arts immediately mm-hmm. you know immediately and, and and that's great you know if you're putting your private enterprise I I always love people to put their money where their mouth is or, or get somebody to be persuaded. What I don't like is I have a great, great, great idea. Taxpayers' money. Come, come. Bring taxpayers' money. I don't like that. Now, what I would like to see as diversification is you'll just turn around and watch everything in your house and see which one of that we could be competi- competitive in. And, you know, in a general sense, at the very basic level, and not your house alone, of course, right? And if we can be competitive in something and make it and put it in a box and send it for the man where he's sitting down in his house or his office mm-hmm. or his plant, you know, I would like that rather than package him and bring him here and get somebody to get up on the stage and do this, that, and the other, and that brings some foreign exchange, and then we find that some way to use that. I prefer tangibles and intangibles too, but. I find the tourism product and the arts generally kind of iffy for me. I, I want to comment on that. Thank you. I, I like that. I like that statement. You know. I, I like that. I like the statement because, you know, we do tend to think about tourism mm. in a in you know, and we uh, from the time we talk about diversification, we start talking tourism. We start saying manufacturing, and these are words that are just thrown out there, but it's how do we use it mm-hmm. right we have to use that as it's an asset right you have to use it not just create an ad 
and say, come visit Trinidad and Tobago. We don't just do an ad like that, right? We have to use it. And when, pe- when you see people enjoying it, right, it becomes, and it has to become a cult classic to, to visit that location. Yeah, and that's what tourism really is. Yeah, right? you're correct because uh, even um, but, even in the film industry, mm-hmm. you know, it's always a privilege to to walk somewhere and realize, you know, this was as you mentioned the James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm actually in the gr- in the grill. I'm actually here. Yes. Uh, uh, they filmed this here, you know, and with that, mm-hmm. forex is invested because you're yes. spending on the island. Exactly. You're coming in, you know. Um, we have a lot of manufacturing talent in Trinidad and Tobago. Right. A lot of creative persons and creative minds. But are we creating products? That, that, that are a no-brainer for people to say, yeah, I'll buy that. Well, boy, we can't, right? we can't create music for people to say it's a no-brainer <laughs> outside of a carnival season, you know. Well, well, I would challenge people to really create stuff that is more than just party music, right? And there's, there's a genre for party music, no doubt. There's that, mm-hmm. right? And there is there are genres for there, there's the space for social commentary. There's space for for many different types. Right, so maybe we could use use it in a different sense, in a different light. Also, blend the music, and we've seen a lot of Afro beats, a lot of things that are coming out there. Because I think, I mean, we talk in energy sector, but for want of a better term, I think all these different facets that we are discussing here, it, it all makes a part of the energy sector in the country. It doesn't just rely with the resources under the ground. Mm-hmm. We hear energy, and maybe we're thinking is oil and mm-hmm. gas and, and natural gases, and the energy is energy. However, it's dispensed. Once it's something that's dispensable, it's energy is coming out. Right. It's so, your energy in your creative thinking, your mindset. It's energy. Well, yes. That in in that in that, in that sense, sense right? yeah. In that sense, it is energy. And but when when people want to talk about the energy sector, sector right? They go to they want to talk about oil and gas. That's it. And we could talk about how we could use those resources to benefit another sector. But then, right? but then, are we not trying to move away from fossil fuels? <laughs> that is that that. You see that question, you know? <laughs> no, so let, let, let me get into that. Let me get into that. Because, I mean, we, we, <laughs> we, we want to use the... the um, and we, we're talking about drilling, right. as you mentioned, uh, a, a few a moments ago. A big focus on that. A big yeah. focus on that. And we're looking at 15, 10, 15 years down the road to benefit from this drilling. But there are talks afoot currently mm-hmm. to remove ourselves from fossil fuels and get more cleaner uh, <laughs> fuel <Yeah>. and energy-burning <laughs> substance. So it is a slow walk. Indeed, right? it is. It is a slow walk away from it because you can't just go and, and cut that out. You ever went on a diet and you said, nah, I'm not having any sugar. I'm not Red. going to have any salt. Red. I'm not going to have any of these things. Men has <laughs> asked me, you know, it is fast and thing. I say, I, li- I live in my corner house, so I kind of fast. But in my normal, talking about fasting, you know, not eating this. I say, partner, when I fast, is because I broke and I had no money to buy no meat. So I fast. <laughs> But I understand you when do you some go, intermittent fasting yeah. and you do that right. once, but once a day. As you mentioned, <laughs> <laughs> as you mentioned, um, that slow walk. <coughs> excuse that slow walk. I I I think is like we are we are preaching much ado about nothing. Mm-hmm. If we are in an era where we are looking towards electric cars, we are looking towards hydrocarbon, um, um, lessening the 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 footprint and going to hydro hydrocarbon. Um, Mm-hmm. Less than only hydrocarbon, sorry, and going more into what, what is, um, hydrogen fuel, hydrogen fuel and, methanol. and methanol and all these things, mm-hmm. and right. do away, doing away with the fossil fuels that are damaging us. Why are we still relying on fossil fuel data in order for us to have a budget 
now that was done yesterday. Now, what was, pardon me, I'm just wrapping up my monologue here. What was done yesterday, we were still in that era, I call it, let's call it the Flintstones, all right? So that was yesterday that we're benefiting from now with a budget now. Mm-hmm. And what we did, so we sign a deal now to do to drill for oil and I put it, we had to go through the whole bureaucracy to get to it. And then we're looking at what you, according to your, your analogy, 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, to now benefit from that. But while we're waiting 10 years to benefit from it and creating platforms to go and dig for the fossil fuel, we are holding symposiums and energy talks about removing ourselves away from that. Right. So I said, what we talk about now is not going to happen now. <laughs> but that's my point. So, so if so, it doesn't happen now, it's going to happen in the future. So there's something called uh, the Hubbard's or Hubbard's Peak. Right. And that is something that is very interesting if anybody, if anybody looks it up. Mm. And it shows that all these different types of fuels. So we went from wood burning, right? That was mm. a hun- we had a hundred years of that. Then we went to coal. And there was roughly another hundred years of that. True. Then we went to oil. <laughs> yeah. And we going we through... Not, a, which is in a hundred years, years, right years now, now. Which is in a hundred years right now. And we're now. still looking for another 10, 50 but that and that. But every one of these things has a transition point. And we're at an inflection point where we are transitioning away from it. Now, what, now what's interesting about oil and gas... Mm is that it is a very well-developed system, right? Where it is transported at a very fractional cost, right? Mm. Talking about cents on the gallon kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? And all these things add up, yes. But it is, but the price of it to get that amount of energy and for what you want to do is it's ridiculously cheaper, right? Mm-hmm. Than doing it. And so people in their minds, investors for business, and all these things like that. It's going to be way cheaper for them to do that. Mm. Right? And so we know that. And so that's why it's a slow but purposeful walk away from, away from it. Right? Because we know it is damaging the environment. We know all these things that, it, that you know, that has been said and, and, and spoken about over and over again. Mm. Right? So what do people say now? It's not going to happen now because we still have gas stations. We don't have, we don't have enough um, electrification points for electric cars. We don't have enough. Um, we don't have parts for even selling things for hydrogen fuel cells. For we, for, we didn't have for that. Cars, As a matter of right? fact, we didn't figure out how to store the hydrogen yet. Right. And and when we talk about we talk about um, energy that comes through your lights, solar panels. We, right. We talk about well, that was natural gas. Natural gas. Right. So natural gas powering the plants, which is transmitting it across these large these large power cables. True. Which is already there and in place. Mm-hmm. So it is a tough thing to move away because. The switching cost is high, <laughs> so and when you when you when it costs so much to switch, you have to do a slow but purposeful walk by increasing it, and so we are seeing we are seeing that increased investment mm. going in that area, but it is going to be very slow because <laughs> people want to squeeze as much as they can out of that 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 oil and gas that they could get, right? But what is of note and is important is that in 2035 they intend. To stop importing cars, uh, I believe it was fossil fuel-based cars mm-hmm. in in Europe, right? By 2035 to 2050, they're going to phase it out, right? And so those cars are going to go somewhere. They're going to go in the Caribbean. They're going to go in other third third world markets. They're going to go in other secondary markets, and that's going to happen, right? And so we need to pay attention to that to say 
what are we going to have what's going to happen with parts what's going to happen with vehicles yeah because if if if, if the if the, the first world countries mm-hmm. are no longer manufacturing them then parts would not be manufactured exactly so because the whole plant will become obsolete exactly. but then but then the price of the price of fuel might drop because demand is declining is declining right now hold on demand might decline because you still have to a, have a, a, power, a power station right a, a power a power plant is still producing is still producing electricity that may power that may power electrification point or power buildings mm. right you have coal coal powered plants not in Trinidad, but across the world, you have coal-powered plants, you have oil-powered plants, you have gas-powered plants, right? And so, and you even have nuclear-powered plants. So, those things are not going to go away right away, right? They have contracts that last and out the generate the, the timeline of when of how long that facility could last. And so, we 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 bring to that point now from diversification, and and I want to bring the next word in differentiation. Mm-hmm. All right. So as you're bringing differentiation mm-hmm. in, let's pause a minute, take a quick break. Um, let me get some ads out, and then we'll try and see if we can squeeze in our conversation before the, the okay. next newscast. Stick and stay. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. And of course, welcome back. We just have about 11 minutes uh, before we wrap up to the top of the hour. I must thank my good friend, um, Mr. Millard. All right. I didn't get the first name. Oh, Sario. Man. Sario. Yeah. The T-Silent. Yeah, that's right. And then he said to Sario, <laughs> the T-Silent. <laughs> All right. So, Sario Millard chatting with us this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Well over an hour. Proper, pertinent, valid information and contribution to our conversation and budget for this week. So, as we wrap up, you have a couple of points you'd like to share with us and I will give him the floor. All right. So, um, you know, before we left there, we talked about that differentiation and, and diversification. diversification. We, we, didn't, we didn't get to take well, tips. So well, I'm going to just give a short, a short bit about that. Mm-hmm. And so when we take gas, because mm-hmm. I don't want to say oil, oil really is mainly used to go and create um, basically products for transport. And we know that. Mm-hmm. Right? Go ahead. And we know that for, for other small products. So we, we, know, we know that. Right? We understand that. We can look at diversification now. We could take, and if we took um, before we before we get into diversification, let's let's go back now. Let's look at gas. Gas is used to create plastics. It is used to create uh, to create melamine and glues and methanol. It is used to create so many things, right? But it is not diversification, right? That word has been touted several times, mm. and I'd like to say that is not true diversification it isn't because yes it is a it is a small degree because you are just going down the chain but as a as a connected is vertically integrated right because everyone depends on each other all right so but when we look at that you know we can we can definitely take a we can definitely take a look right and we're gonna we're gonna go into that so gas is being used for that and it is only the all of them are just dependent on each other right mm-hmm. when you diversify you are spreading risk mm-hmm. right and when you sp- when you spread that risk out this is where we look at different sectors right mm-hmm. from manufacturing mm-hmm. to to tourism to creative sector and to all the other sectors that that are out there right mm-hmm. and when we look at that when we could spread that risk out mm-hmm. Right, 
we achieve a stronger form of diversification. I even talk about agricultural sector because there is a strong um, investment there now into the agricultural sector for the first time in a very, very long time, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I, I also like to say that that is a, a step in a, the right direction. And we're doing because, well there. Yeah. Uh, right. It's a step in the right direction, right? As far as the execution, we have to wait to see that, right? <laughs> All right. That was the other point. Yeah. Right? Um, and, you know, just lastly, people talking about energy sector and everyone knows about, everyone hears about drilling and all these other things. Mm-hmm. We see the, we see what's happening out there on the, in the deep water blocks and people want to know why is that different? Mm-hmm. It is a totally different subsurface situation outside there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in the past, they would have utilized information that, that you would see there in the East Coast Marine Area or the North Coast Area. Mm-hmm. They would have an idea and a picture of that. But what they call that subsurface structure is um, the stratigraphy, right? That structure they call stratigraphy. And that itself pinches out when you go there now into the into the ultra deep and the deep water areas mm-hmm. and so that means when they're drilling it's come like a whole new plane that they're going into right and there's nothing like it and because of that it is a higher risk situation and so we can see that that you know seeing that that companies are going back into this climate mm-hmm. it is a fantastic thing to see right me, now. all right permit me to ask you a couple of questions yeah. real quick um mm-hmm. the amount of money allocated for the budget for 2024 what areas do you think will be directly affected by this well, if you have any say, thoughts when you, when you say directly affected i mean we for the energy the amount of money uh, located, allocated for the energy mm-hmm. sector well the energy sector is the driving sector right for the economy mm-hmm. for this economy currently but right. how will we benefit from this directly? Right. So currently, we still we still have subsidies going on for right. the gas at the pump, right? Right. So we have. I don't a, feel that way, don't you? <laughs> yeah, no, it really doesn't. Yeah. Uh, it really, really doesn't. You're going into over a thousand dollars a month spending on gas. I don't get right? started, no way. I know. I know. Big up all your prime minister, we. Yeah, I know. But imagine it. Could, imagine that people are paying three times that price. Hmm. Right outside it three four times that price right so those are things that we take for granted here in this country right now we take right? it but okay. we have free health care but but the persons that I are mean, it might be the best but but, but the people free. that are paying more for that in the u.s and other countries they have an effective public transport system and we cannot compare ourselves to the u.s they have an right. effective public transport system so gas becomes a luxury cars but you park and ride in Trinidad, we do not have a reliable public transport system. So persons are therefore incumbent, uh, uh, you know, the want to, to, to use their personal vehicles to get, to get around. You know, like, like I've been saying earlier, we have a high reliance on, pub, on public hiring, right? If you go to Jamaica, there are private buses that are operating, right? Mm-hmm. There are private Well, we have that in Trinidad, you know. Yeah. They're called maxi taxis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're not, not, not exactly the same. Large, private buses. Yes, for example, um, I think Knotsford and right. all these places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Knotsford Express. Yes. I don't know yes. if that, that's privately owned by chance. Yes. Right, Knotsford Express is privately owned. Um, and there are others. You're correct, yeah. you're correct, you're correct. You know, and so when we talk about public transportation systems, right, we, we, have to, we have to consider that there are other mechanisms that could be put in place. But that's if corporate that. you know, that wants to tap into it. And how 
I mean, is right. It, is it viable? Is it viable? One, two, um, the maxi taxis will go mad. Um, three, we can't even bring in a van, a panel van, an NV350 in the country. Mm-hmm. It's problems with that. The, yeah. the, the red tape that behind that is insurmountable. You ought to really make up your mind to go through it. How we fix, How effectively would it be for a private entity to come and bring in a bus, some buses, to compete with PTSC at this time, which is government-owned? You know? Well, the government has to has to figure that out. For that. Because, right? I mean, PTSC don't even send loan bus tickets. I think it's a private person right? do that. And then we don't even talk about, you know, you're trying to put all the buses probably on the CNG. These are things that, that could definitely aid the country. Right? If you want to step in that direction for CNG, put all the government vehicles on CNG. Put hmm. all of them there. And, and lower, that in, lower, lower that import bill. If you want to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Then, you, then you go and do that. Then you make a big step. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I, I leave it at that. Because it, there are a lot of other things that, are in, that need to be in place. Before we get there. Yeah, before we can even get to there. Mr. Millard, yeah. unfortunately, we're out of time. But I think we covered quite a lot. Mm-hmm. We, our yeah. talks on energy went into, into talks of film. And for persons who are wondering, when we talk energy... We, are, for me, I do not just think energy on an oil and gas sector. I think energy across the board, in manufacturing, uh, the the the, the agri sector, agricultural sector. All this is dispensable energies that are that persons put out into their businesses and businesses put out in for consumer um, purposes. All that is considered energy. Now, when we look at the resources coming from the from the natural uh, fossil fuels, oil and gas, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and we think that's all we deal with with energy. Here is as Mr. Millard has shown us where the manufacturing se- sector as well can tap in and be very well considered part of the energy sector. How so? When you look at the, the world of film, the strategic placement of products in these movies, the desks, the cars to be built, the, the, the movie sets to be built, all these things are construction. So, and all this is energy being dispensed as well. So, I am very happy that we had these talks. Um, I usually re-invite guests Mm-hmm. Not of my own volition, but once the powers that be, and I would most certainly, you are one of them, that I would have no problems with chatting again within the near future as we continue to talk about the different um, factors in energy, the diversification, uh, the differential, the ratios, all these different topics. I would love to revisit with you again in the not-too-distant future, if you have the time and management okay. permits. Yeah? All right, sounds fantastic. Thank you very much. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio, Freedom 106.5.